Welcome to church tonight. This is the Reverend John St. Germain welcoming you to the Crystal Silence League Hour. And our topic tonight is the traditions of the spiritual church. You've been listening to the Reverend C.L. Franklin, the legendary Reverend C.L. Franklin, who is, of course, the father of the equally legendary Aretha Franklin. And if that doesn't give you the spirit, nothing will. Tonight our topic is, of course, spiritual churches and their traditions. If you've never been in a church with services like that, my heart goes out to you. 
That'll put the spirit in you like nothing will. Tonight we're going to delve into the mysteries of the spiritual church. We're going to pick up where we left off, and we're going to talk about the equally legendary King Louis H. Narcisse of Oakland, California, and the Mount Zion Spiritual Tabernacle, and uh, talk about uh, his um, rather mysterious uh, rise and fall, and um, our Stone of the Week, uh, Camerite, and other topics. So, let's um, dive right back into that, shall we? And um, I hope you have a drink with you, because we're not doing our usual thing of a musical break. We're just going to go right into it. And, of course, in the Crystal Science League, uh, we were founded around 1917 by Mr. Claude Alexander Conlon for the purposes of distributing um, positive prayer and affirmation for all those in need of such. And the idea of that was to do so with the agency of crystals and crystal balls. And if you go to our website, www.crystalsilenceleague.org, you will find that you can post prayers of your own on that very website, and prayer is always free. We also have a gift shop where you can buy crystals and crystal balls and literature of all sorts. Um, and um, receive those at some point in your life. And it's been our practice since we founded this in, um, this, uh, in cybernetic form around 2009 to... Um, make this available to everybody. Sorry, I sound a little bit distracted. I'm trying to do a few things here at the same time. I'm um, having a little blog talk, Mercury retrograde uh, issues, and uh, I am here by myself, you know. I, I do several jobs at the same time while I'm doing this, but I think I have it worked out, so I'm with you now 100%. Let's look at our crystal of the week right now, which is a uh, chimerite, which is a very odd stone. Um, usually it comes in purple. And it's a quite lovely stone. If you look at it, it's purple with white occlusions. Um, and this is a stone that does help you in the growth of spiritual matters. Um, it's said to resonate to the soul star chakra and uh, even the higher etheric chakras. And there are chakras that just go into infinity above and below you, by the way, in some uh, 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 traditions. And... Uh, they help you if you're working on developing your higher psychic gifts, such as uh, um, communication with angelic beings and extraterrestrial beings and extra-dimensional beings. And uh, so they're very good if you meditate. Uh, a lot of people will put them under a bandana uh, over the third eye chakra. Uh, some people like to lie down and put it over the third eye chakra, but you can put them under a bandana or a headband as you meditate. And it helps you balance the left and right brains uh, Bridging the um, practical with the metaphysical. You can use these uh, because they're very hard uh, directly if you make an elixir. Uh, and a lot of people will use them uh, to boost the power of other stones um, when they're doing healing with stones. So it's very useful uh, stone as it is. So let's go to our prayers. Now, if you'd like to go to our webpage, uh, www.crystalsciencelink.org, and go to the prayer uh, request yourself, you can actually read along with us. And if you're a member of the Crystal Silence League, you can go into the member section and see a lot more information than just idle browsers. Uh, you can uh, actually see other members and become part of our community, which is quite cool. Cool. And people ask, how do I become a member? Well, you make a donation or you buy something from our gift shop. And if you make a purchase from our gift shop, you get a year's membership free, just like Mr. Conlon himself uh, visualized it. You don't really buy a membership. You just make a contribution or buy something. And uh, those funds go into the uh, rather expensive process of keeping the Crystal Silence League going. You know, we have expenses in keeping, you know, web, web space it's pretty expensive. I just paid mine, in fact, for the year, and I was astonished. Again, I'm always surprised at how expensive it is to 
have a dedicated uh, web domain of your own. You know, if you don't get the free ones, you know, where web uh, ads pop up, <laughs> you know, you go to someone's website and there's ad, pop-up ads, you have a dedicated web server with emails and uh, enough space to actually uh, run it and not to have um, cyber attacks on it, have security on it. It's it's quite expensive, really. But let's go over and uh, look on our prayers, and we'll read a few of them, and I invite you to read uh, with me. So I have prayer ID 71342, who prays, Thank you, Father God, for blessing my husband and myself with each other, opening doors that we literally set right next to each other, and how beautiful our love story is unfolding. We're so grateful and thankful for the favor and abundance, all the love, respect, consistency, patience we have for each other. We're truly soulmates. My prayer is for our love to grow and we can inspire each other to keep believing and standing on the promise God has made you. Amen. Pray ID 71341, who says, I need a miracle. I would like prayer to receive the greatest miracle in my life. I've been dreaming of a great miracle of my deepest desires, and thank you. Amen. Prayer ID 71340, Blessed Father, I ask that you cleanse E-H and M-M of all malice and ill will imposed on them and their family by TGD. I ask with the greatest of convictions that T's bitterness and hatred toward us be eliminated from our lives with significant strength. Amen. Prayer ID 71339. Please pray that my brain completely heals from the concussion from my car accident and my vision goes back to normal. I have many other health issues, so I can use all the healing I can get. Thank you. Prayer ID 71337. Dear Lord, I surrender myself to you entirely. I'm at your mercy, pleading for you to assist me, waiting patiently according to your will. Please stop my eldest sister-in-law holding back my husband from salvaging our marriage reunion. I've waited over five years putting my trust in your hands. How much longer, Lord, do you want your child to watch and wait? I took my marital vows before you, so how can I disrespect this to officially part company with my soulmate? Please help. Amen. Prayer ID 71336. I would like to pray that R reaches out to me in order to give our relationship a second chance. Amen. Prayer ID 71335. Lord, I ask that you bring A back into my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Prayer ID 71334. My eviction is set for April 11th, and I need the landlord to work with me on a payment arrangement as soon as possible before I lose everything. Please sweeten my landlord toward me until I can get things fixed. Amen. Prayer ID 71333. Dear Saints, I'm asking for your prayers to be successful and prosperous in my music career and with my musical talents. Please keep me in prayer that the Lord will increase my CD sales and musical gifts as a pianist and organist. I'm asking for your prayers that I'll get a music contract and distribution deal for all my CD releases, and especially for my albums, Keys to the City, and Jazz, Passion, and Soul CD releases. Then he says, please visit my website. Go to the. I'm not going to advertise anyone over the air, but you can go and look yourself and uh, help this uh, young man with his career. Amen. Prayer ID 71332, I pray all blockages and obstacles be removed from my success as an actor. Amen. These are two different people trying to break into show business. We're seeing themes tonight. Prayer ID 71331, a guy who I had two dates with got mad and sued me after I moved on. Wait, what? I spent 70k on a lawyer who did nothing and now is threatening me, saying he's on the guy's side. The guy has threatened to kill me, and my lawyer revealed to him my new contact info. There's a whole list of grievances here. I've called and emailed every lawyer, and not a single one will help me. Please pray or the best contingency lawyer to come forward quickly and fight for my honor and safety. Amen. 
Pray Ready 71330. I'm not getting my child support, and I desperately need it. My son's father and I aren't sure what's going on. This will be resolved, and I will get weekly full payments in Jesus' name. Amen. Pray Ready 71329. Please pray for us. Let what we are waiting for to come to fruition today. God bless you. Amen. Prayer ID 71327. I'm in public housing in Seattle. I'm being attacked. I stand for Christ's righteousness. I'm being slandered in their physical threats. Please place ministers of safety around me because I'm in great danger from them and their familiars. Amen. And we have prayer ID 71325. I need prayer to help me fight a court case to where I'm being wronged. Psalms 35, contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me. Fight against those who fight against me, Lord Jesus. I come to you and those that pray for me and fight for and with me. And ask that you show favor in this case that have been conjured to bring about a downfall in my life. Be a fence around me every day and continue to strengthen me and stand firm on your word and my faith that all things are possible with you, and without you nothing is in your name, Jesus, I pray, amen. That's someone who knows how to pray. And pray right, 71322, an eviction notice was put on my door, and I have no money to move, and don't really have nowhere to go. I wish I had more time to get some money to move and relocate to a better area. A big increase in my income is needed, amen. We have a theme tonight. We sure do. Let's pray for all these people. Let's pray for all these people, and let's have a moment of prayer for all those in need of guidance and prayer and support. Amen. In uh, the past few weeks, we've talked about Mother Leafy Anderson and how she uh, essentially founded the spiritualist church traditions in New Orleans and how she introduced uh, saints into the church, such as uh, Black Hawk and others. Of course, she built this on a bedrock of African and Native American traditions that were already existing in Louisiana at the time. And uh, Mother Anderson came from Chicago to Louisiana along the ways uh, to found her church. And uh, we, we have to step back and take a look at New Orleans. Uh, in the late 18th and 19th century, early 19th centuries, as uh, enslaved Africans of different ethnic backgrounds came to Louisiana from the Upper South, uh, from the Caribbean, 
uh, from Africa. They were thrown together uh, in this uh, very nasty land uh, without a mother tongue. Now, although the French required slave owners to baptize their slaves as Catholics, uh, very few went on to actually practice that faith, although they became knowledgeable of it, as we will see. Now, a stronger force in the African psyche was the bedrock of their native spiritual memory. Now, in the uh, sub-Saharan African traditions, the creation myths were different, but there was a commonality. There was animistic beliefs. And to the Yoruba, uh, to the Nigerians, um, there were these zones. There were three zones, the living, the dead, and the unborn. And in rituals that carry on to this very day, uh, masked figures dance to percussive rhythms and invoke ancestral spirits that are called Orishas. And you'll find this commonality uh, throughout many African religious diasporic traditions. Now, there are very, very uh, many variations of the Yoruba creation myth in which a supreme being dispatches uh, surrogate figures to to found the kingdom. Um, You'll you'll see that these uh, figures... Uh, do have a very striking parallel to ancient uh, Greek deities. Uh, however, the Orishas are uh, generally acknowledged to be actual people whose uh, memories live on via the uh, tribal traditions. Um, now, the world of the unborn is older than the world of the ancestor uh, in the same uh time that you can uh, say that the deities preceded humanity into the universe, you see. And it's an expression of a cyclic type of nature. So this tribal memory remained intact as the traditions became uh, amalgamated into the new world. And as early as the 1730s, there are written descriptions of uh, the slaves gathering at night to dance the kalinda which was a transplanted African dance set to hand drumming and uh, a form of a stringed instrument, which was a forerunner to the banjo. Now, the kalinda was strictly forbidden in southern states. However, it was permitted in Louisiana, in, in New Orleans anyway. Uh, now, sometimes this was very terrifying to the white slave owners. Uh, in fact, we know it was. Um, because uh, sometimes slaves would gather in numbers of three or four hundred, according to some uh, written descriptions. And it was a kind of a Sabbath, a sort of ceremony, a kind of religious gathering. And uh, the uh, a Louisiana planter wrote in 1758, it's always prudent to avoid these gatherings for it is in those tumultuous meetings that they plot their rebellions. Kind of like what, you know, the uh, white supremacists think today. You know, people of color get together in groups. It's dangerous because they're plotting, you know, the extermination of the white boy. Just read Facebook or Fox News. So there's this deep spiritualist sensibility that channels uh through those gatherings, and that no matter where these slaves came from, what language they spoke, they were linked together through these traditions and expressed it through music. And a characteristic of all African music seems to be the fact that it's common property. It was a language that any one group could understand and express with other groups. And you see that in America today that in cities, um, uh, ethnic groups will come together and express a commonality through music. Um, So there were ritual dramas that were enacted through music, uh, through intricate dance, funeral processions, 
um, the dead were, were honored for their presence, and there were um, uh, elaborate costumes that were made, uh, spirit faces, uh, deities, animals, natural forces. Um, so these uh, languages that were communicated through drums and music um, were uh, very vital as part of the cultural memory. Now, along come the uh, the Indians that were there as well, um, and the blacks that were transported to New Orleans were mostly male, so they were marrying Indians, and uh, this apparently was an outrage um, to some of the uh, Europeans who began to complain about it. So there was a, a melding of Native American beliefs who believed in spirits as well and appeased spirits and uh, transplanted African beliefs, and there was quite a bit of similarity. Uh, the Native Americans believed in spirits and believed that they could be dangerous and needed to be worked with with caution. And um, so uh, there were uh, three levels of Creole. There were uh, Spanish-American Creole. Uh, there were uh, black Creole and uh, black Native American Creole. So um, uh, along now at about 1791 came the uh, slave rev revolt in Sa uh, San Domingo, uh, a voodoo high led by a voodoo high priest. Now, the island was liberated from the French in 1804 and renamed the Republic of Haiti. This was a significant historical event. Uh, hundreds of French and mulatto planters fled, and they took slaves with them. And where did they go? Some Well, by, by 1809, some 10,000 people from Haiti reached Louisiana by way of Cuba, and voodoo was introduced to Louisiana. Haiti had a much longer history than Louisiana of slave traffic with West Africa. Uh, and of the various Africans enslaved on that island, the Fawn people of uh, Dahomey, which is now known as Benin, were progenitors of a spiritual tradition with powerful properties. The phone spirits were called Loa. And like the Orishas of the Yoruba people, they were ancestral spirits given supplication by the tribe. The most durable spiritual expression in Haiti was the voodoo, or voodoo, of the phone people. Um, and the phone uh, people um, uh practiced the Voodoo, or Voodoo, which has been interpreted as genius or protective spirit. Um, so Voodoo enters Louisiana about this time. Now, the uh, religion centered on a hierarchy of Loa, whose human past lived on via recall of their descendants. The Loa were not necessarily good or bad. Their response to worshipers turned on the character of a given ceremony, so some two million Africans were sold into slavery by Dahomean kings. So a powerful desire of slaves in Haiti was to appeal to the Loa and Orishas for help and protection. So voodoo in Haiti resurrected Africa as a metaphysical impulse. Africa became a symbol of a life force for coping with a cruel world and almost inhuman masters. So what planters and priests saw was raw savagery. Uh, animal sacrifices, blood, symbols of life, dances with snakes, were really uh, expressions of a deep urge for rebellion that ran very deep uh, in a uh, cultural psyche. It was a reenactment of ceremonies that were rooted very deep in the ancestral memory. So voodoo was was Africa symbolized and reblended into the new world. So this Creole religion that rose in the new world, uh, it gave rise to this uh, symbol that had a pantheon of gods and goddesses uh, under a supreme creator, uh, deities that manifested themselves by possessing or mounting the bodies of the devotees. I, I'm vastly oversimplifying this. I, I just don't have time to really go into it. Um, uh, and this aspect of Voodoo 
was reinforced by contact with the French services uh, for the Roman Catholic saints who were said to work miracles. So uh, chiefly from Congo and Angola derived Voodoo beliefs uh, and the, uh, the very powerful moral powers of the dead and in the effectiveness of figurated charms, uh, uh, you know, voodoo dolls and charms for healing and righteous intimidation of enemies. And uh, probably the most uh, famous melding of African deity and Christian saint is St. Peter, uh, the first pope uh, to whom Jesus gave the keys to the kingdom. Uh, he became Papa Legba, who was a Haitian descendant of a powerful African deity. So in uh, Yoruba, the, that Orisha is known as Eshu Eligba, and there's uh, various uh, spellings of that, uh, Isu, Yesu. While among the fawn of neighboring Dahomey, he's called Legba. So St. Peter becomes Papa Legba. So uh, Legba is kind of the wild card of fawn metaphysics, and each god speaks a language of his or her own, and only Legba can interpret these. He is the opener of the door. He holds the keys. And uh, so often in spiritual churches, you will see Papa Legba uh, represented as St. Peter. The, uh, so a symbolic language arises in any tradition, any, any religion. Uh, in Christianity, the cross means more than just a, a piece of wood. It represents the sacrifice of Christ, the taking on of the, the the uh, collective karma of his followers. Um, the uh, the African Creole culture had this profound impact on New Orleans. Uh, uh, as Louisiana shifted from French to Spanish rule, the uh, the governor barred the importation of slaves from Martinique because he was fearing a rebellion in cults that would make the lives of the citizens unsh- unsafe. A similar decree prohibited slaves from uh, St. Dominique, and by 1812, Afro-Caribbean culture had become a public spectacle at Congo Square. Uh, so the slave dances uh, now now were uh, three or four generations removed from the first Africans who came to Louisiana. Uh, the cosmology uh, was changing. The faces of African gods turning into voodoo uh, 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 amalgams of Christian saints but the ritual form stayed the same. A large ring, uh, dancers summoned spirits to rhythms of the drums and strings, cross rhythms made by dancers, and the call and response from African uh, uh, music, the ring shout, tight circles of call and response singing, uh, the main context in which Africans recognize values common to them ancestor worship, and various other symbolic devices, the holy dance, walking around in a circle, um, the priest calling out um, uh, a chant, the crowd answering him, hand clapping and knee slapping, and the singing that took place in the shout had made use of interjections of various kinds Elijah's blue notes and call and response devices. This is straight, straight up African. And if the spiritual um, excerpt you heard at the beginning of the show reminds you of that, that is no coincidence. So, voodoo is very important to our understanding of the spiritual church. Africa reblended, melded into the uh, tradition of Catholicism, Protestantism, um, uh, stirred up by an oppressed race, two oppressed races, uh, Native Americans and transplanted black slaves. Very important. One plank uh, religious podium that Leafy Anderson built or church on uh, about a century later. Um, the problem is most of our um, information about early voodoo in New Orleans comes from 
white religious leaders. And uh, so we don't have an unbiased account of the rise of voodoo in New Orleans. We don't have it from the black perspective or the Native American perspective. We have it from a very biased perspective. Uh, there's a racial um, um, paternalism, you know, like, well, you know, these ignorant um, savages, uh, uh, uneducated uh, heathens, uh, you know, kind of approach. Tolerant, uh, there's a tolerance of it and a uh, fascination with it. But, you know, of course, we enlightened Christians know that these – you know, you know, our superstitions are better than their superstitions, kind of thing, um, and uh, a lot of the information is just not good. So, um, but there's a lot of information about the remnants of the pure voodoo, uh, uh, voodoo, voodoo, and voodoo traditions, as they were when they first arrived to this country, uh, and he's also got a lot of valuable material on the two. The two 19th century priestesses, uh, both named Marie Laveau, uh, mother and daughter, who wielded great influence. Uh, so uh, more on Marie Laveau at some other time. Uh, and we we talked about how um, we talked about how uh, Mother Leafy Anderson came to New Orleans and adopted uh, many of the uh, voodoo and hoodoo traditions. And built her church. Uh, what I would like to do is move somewhat abruptly to King Louis H. Narcisse, who uh, was born April 1921. He died in February 1989 of a heart attack. Uh, King uh, Louis Narcisse was, uh, I believe, born in, uh, I think he was born in uh, Detroit. Um, now, um, uh, King Louis Nar Narcisse though uh, had a, a church in um, um, Oakland, California, and he was an amazingly versatile man. He was a gospel minister. He was a vocalist. He was a musician and a composer. Uh, he often collaborated with uh, Mahalia D Jackson, um, and. Um, well, he was born in uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. That's right. Uh, and um, uh, he came from a Baptist family, had a Baptist upbringing. And uh, he said he knew from an early age he'd been touched by the hand of God to be a prophet. And uh, he was a uh, considered a child prodigy. He loved to pray. He loved to sing in the church, loved to sing spiritual music. Um, and... Uh, he apparently was a very talented uh, singer. He won all sorts of uh, auditions. Uh, he became a, uh, a soloist at funerals and churches. And uh, he entered the uh, church ministry at a young age. Um, and uh, then he moved to California during World War II. He said God spoke to him to come to California. And uh, he worked uh, in the shipyards for a while in San Francisco and uh in uh in uh San Francisco uh the Mount Zion movement began uh, in a storefront with a small prayer meeting and then from there uh uh King Louis founded the Mount Zion Spiritual Temple in Oakland and on November 8, 1945 and his motto was it's nice to be nice that was his motto and he wrote a song about it and uh, the church is named after his uh, boyhood church in New Orleans, Mount Zion Baptist Church. But Narcissus' Mount Zion Spiritual Church Temple was actually a spiritualist church. And I'll tell you that uh, during his uh, career and his popularity grew, he had uh, branch churches in Oakland, California, Sacramento, California, Houston, Texas. Detroit, Michigan, and he made tours between all of them. And at the time of his death, his property value was in the millions of dollars. Um, there is a well-founded conspiracy uh, 
well, I won't say conspiracy. There's a well-founded theory that uh, J. Edgar Hoover was very interested in uh, him and worked to undermine his uh, fame, just as they did uh, Major J. Devine, another uh, spiritualist preacher who had uh, a following in the thousands, just as uh, uh, King Louis H. Narcisse. Narcisse, um, because the uh, the counterintelligence program had a file on these people, and uh, their their goal was to prevent the rise of a messiah of any sort, especially a Negro messiah who could unify and electrify the Negro population. Um, there's a concerted effort to subvert the will of the people to avoid the rise of a black messiah. Um, we know that Ronald Reagan, Ronald Reagan, would not allow black citizens to arm themselves to protect themselves. Um, that African Americans were, in California when he was governor, were arrested for bearing arms to patrol their neighborhood to protect themselves and charged with felony when white people were not doing the same thing, patrolling their neighborhood, carrying arms, legally registered arms. They were not arrested. They were not even stopped. But in black neighborhoods, black people were for carrying arms that were registered legally, patrolling their neighborhoods, to protect themselves from criminals. They were arrested. This is a fact. And Ronald Reagan tried to have uh, laws enacted to uh, subvert the Second Amendment. Now, I'm not one of these gun guys, but law should apply to everybody. This was the climate of the time. So um, we know that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was also the target of an intensive FBI campaign to neutralize him as an effective civil rights leader. Um, there are papers that you can find, but the Mount Zion Spiritual Temple in West Oakland um, was uh, founded by King Louis H. Narcisse. Now, I want to tell you that his church was different from any other spiritual church. He had a hierarchy um, where there were kings and queens, and uh, bishops, and he was the bishop. Uh, queens, dukes, earls, princes and princesses, straight out of the Bible, uh, from the Book of Kings 1 and 2, and the British Empire. Uh, Mount Zion Spiritual Temple was ruled by a spiritual king. That's why he was retitled, referred to by his title as His Grace, King Louis H. Narcisse. Now, if you see pictures of him, he is resplendent in his robes and his crown. Um, now, his wealth grew. He believed in uh, prosperity, and he more he morphed and melded and um, ran his business empire. The churches and the kingdom's real estate holdings uh, 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 became formed over time into a uh, uh, into an empire, and. Um, to preserve the church and his kingdom because he was going to pass it down to successors. Now, after his death, it became utterly destroyed. But um, uh, now now the uh, Mount Zion uh, spiritual temple exists this day under another bishop after there was a huge legal battle, battle after his death and scandal and all sorts of stuff. And also his house was burned down, um, uh, which seemed to be uh, – you know, uh, you know, dare we say uh, Jerry Hoover was behind it, but you know, I won't. But you know, let's let's hint at it. Um, so, at the time of his death in 1989, the church it was estimated with real estate holdings worth about half a billion dollars in Arizona, California, Illinois, Michigan, New Mexico, and Louisiana. Now. Uh, in 1962, the Diocese of Mount Zion Spiritual Temple claimed 
two million followers in the United States, Africa, France, and Sweden. So it had a huge following. Uh, Mount Zion's membership was uh, culturally diversified. It included gays. Uh, it included um, blacks, whites, Asians, um, Hispanics. Uh, and no one ever reported any inappropriate behavior among the clergy uh, uh, in respect to uh, minors or anything. It, you know, it may have taken place, but it was never reported. Uh, uh, King Narcissus' uh, goal was that the church lived forever. Uh, he laid the foundation and the groundwork and the uh, uh, foundation, uh, the rules. He wanted to be self-sufficient. He wanted to be a benevolent kingdom, a, a nation, and a civil human rights platform for the benefit of his people. And unfortunately, when you lay down an empire like that, this can be a big problem in this country. The system is set up to penalize and sanction those who tried to unplug from the system. Now, in the early 60s, blacks in New Orleans asserted themselves very vigorously in the civil rights movement, um, inspired by uh, Dr. Martin Luther King, um, the Southern Leadership Conference, and others, uh, Malcolm X, and demanded the right to vote in the state of Louisiana. So um, New Orleans blacks that registered uh, uh, created what was uh, called by the media a white backlash. Hundreds of black residents lost their jobs, were kicked out of their homes, and were uh, off the welfare rolls and other sanctions. King Narcisse brought the kingdom to New Orleans to aid the people with spiritual support, food, rent payments, and money for utility bills for those that stood up to the system. And you see, that created a problem in this country. In San Francisco, uh, during uh, the, the destruction of the Fillmore District black community, uh, during the 60s uh, urban redevelopment, it was King Narcisse that met with George Christopher, uh, who was the then mayor of San Francisco, to uh, convey his people's disapproval that the real purpose of redevelopment was Negro removal from the city, and that was a problem in America. So we start to see a mirroring of Black Hawk and King Narcisse defending his people from ethnic cleansing. In Oakland, King Narcisse helped the needy. The church and, and his kingdom clothed, fed the poor and hungry. And uh, he began to understand uh, the struggle. Uh, he, uh, he was apparently uh, key in helping uh, Huey P. Newton and the Black Panther Party. And uh, he helped their, their, uh, their programs. And uh, apparently he tried to buy the radio station KDIA to reserve it for his church. Uh, KDIA was the uh, black community's radio station and had access to the public airways, but he was unsuccessful in buying it. Um, and um, Monday through Saturday, uh, it did, however, air uh, King Narcisse. It aired the forums, news, and the rhythms, blues, and beats of uh, the church. Uh it was uh, on Sundays. It was uh, dedicated to the uh, religious leaders and community and spiritual music. Um, it caused a public uproar. Apparently, when it was discovered the radio station was going to be sold uh, to some other people, silencing the Oakland, San Francisco black communities, and uh, um, and it was uh, rumored very strongly that uh, it was being sold to undermine King Narcisse. And it was eventually sold to uh, Bay Area black political figures Willie Brown and Elihu Harris. And then the uh, station was handed over to others, which ended decades of the black community's access to the public airways. So it seems as if there were, there were a, a strong resistance. So on February 2nd, 1989, King Narcisse passed away at 67 years old at his 42-room King's Palace in Detroit, Michigan. 
So the kingdom had a large church, a huge following in Detroit. Some members of the church believed that King Narcisse was murdered. I have heard these rumors uh, firsthand from members of the church and people who'd been there. Many suspicious circumstances surrounding that death. Uh, but there's no doubt what happened after his death. Uh, the church became divided. Uh, there was uh, a uh, predictable fight uh, about who was going to control the church board of trustees. The Mount Zion Spiritual Temple was incorporated in California as a nonprofit religious corporation. Uh, but King Narcisse had shrouded the true power of the church uh, in, uh, in his uh, hierarchy of uh, monarchy dominion. Uh, uh, so um, this entire multi-million dollar kingdom was placed into the hands of um, his secretary, who was Princess Lillian Roberts. Princess Roberts was uh, a devoted and dedicated follower of uh, King Narcisse, but she was limited uh, by her uh, lack of understanding of how to run the business, and uh, she could not manage the affairs of this enterprise. It was it was way too complex, and uh, so. In the shadows of the death of King Narcisse, the burning of his palace, and the destruction of the kingdom in uh, Michigan, uh, um, there was a, a chap, a very shady chap, uh, the Reverend Arthur P. Burnett. Um, and under his shadow, the church and all the kingdom's real estate holdings in Michigan were underhandedly and under the table and behind the scenes and in many cases illegally sold through uh, uh, weird uh, straw men corporations and uh, forged deeds and uh, uh, stuff that wouldn't stand today for sure. Um, so, it's a, it's a very uh, you can probably if you look you can find the story behind it and everything because it became a big scandal. But uh, uh, in probate court, um, uh, the board of directors and trustees that were set up under a couple of uh, former uh, associates of King Narcisse began to sell off and deed away uh, the the church. Real estate holdings piece by piece, one at a time. Uh, so eventually, um, everything just uh, dropped away. Now, uh, some of it remained. Uh, a few people came together, and in a long series of legal maneuverings, um, uh, which took a heck of a long time, and somehow or other Marlon Brando got involved in it, believe it or not. And today, King Narcisse's church still exists. And under other, other, other leadership. And, but without King Louis Narcisse, it just ain't the same. But I will tell you that under a strong and charismatic leader and a devoted following, there is nothing like the spiritual church. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. And so, this is the very strange and wild tale of King Louis Narcisse. And there are people who uh, had gone to his church who consider him a prophet and to this day they will tell you about healings and miracles that took place in his church he uh, there are recordings of his uh, sermons and of his music and as we go out today I'm going to leave you with a live recording of one of his services 
and we'll see you next week.